This podcast is produced in association with our Amplified Podcast Network. We hope you enjoy. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between. Welcome to the first ever episode of A Theater Kid's Guide to the Galaxy. We are so incredibly excited to be here with you today. I am your host, Luke Stevens. Today, we'll be talking about the world-renowned director, Tim Burton, whose movies include The Nightmare Before Christmas, Frankenweenie, and The Corpse Bride. Today, we'll be focusing on the movie and recent Broadway adaptation of Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is a comedy horror movie directed by Tim Burton. The movie starts with a simple couple named Barbara and Adam Maitland. The Maitlands die in a car crash and get stuck as ghosts. After they die, the Dietzes move into their house. The Maitlands try and fail to scare the Dietzes out of their house. Then they enlist the help of a mysterious man named Beetlejuice. The Beetlejuice movie was originally released on March 30th, 1988 and grossed a total domestic of $73 million dollars. The Broadway adaptation's official opening night was on April 25th, 2019, and it was nominated for eight Tony Awards, including Best Original Score and Best Musical. It is my absolute honor to introduce our cast, starting with Parker Mott. Parker. Hi, I'm Parker. I'm a cat owner. Then we have Abby Camp. Abby. Hi, I'm Abby. Um, My favorite food is watermelon. Then we have, last but not least, Natalia Wilson. Hey, I'm Natalia, and I'm a Tim Burton fanatic. I would like to introduce our producer, Chloe Fortune. Chloe. Hi, guys. I'm Chloe, and I'm obsessed with everything Grey's Anatomy. Behind the scenes, we have our wonderful tech crew, Tim Little, Ethan Talbot, Emma Fleck, Aaron Mott, Katie Fleck, and Anya Trimmer. Let's start out this discussion with everyone's rating of the movie. I'm going to pass it on to Abby for the ranking system. Here at Theater Kids Guide, we use the planets and the one dwarf planet in our solar system as our rating system. So Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto all fall into our rating system. We use a system to rate everything off of the planet's vibes, aesthetics, or whatever relations we see fit for the topic we're rating. For example, I can rate a show as a Venus because I feel that it was good, but nothing special. Now let's hear from Natalia. What would you rate the Beetlejuice movie? I would rate it Saturn because all around it's pretty nice. Interesting. Now how about you, Parker? What would you rate it? I give Beetlejuice a Pluto because it sparked some controversy, but overall people still like it. And what do you think, Abby? I feel like it's kind of a Mercury. I feel like it's very, you know, people don't talk about it much, but the people that do talk about it a lot. I don't know how to explain it that way, but I feel like that makes sense. I personally think this movie is a Mars. It's sort of different from all the planets, and it just has that kind of like twinge of eeriness. What are everyone's favorite songs from the musical? Personally, I love the whole being dead thing. It's just... A song that entices me. So my personal favorites, I have two. So I really enjoy the whole being dead thing. And then at my old school, we had this thing that we called showcases, 
where you could pick songs and you can do performances. And it was a lot of fun. And one of my friends did the song Dead Mom and she did a really good job. And I started like listening to that and it got me into the soundtrack. Yeah, so one of my favorite songs is definitely Barbara 2.0. Um, I really stand Barbara. I think she's a very lovable character, and I think that she has a really nice story that isn't completely the main character, but I think she's the perfect side character. Barbara 2.0 is probably my favorite now, but when I had an obsession with it, I liked Dead Mom because it was a good one for me to sing. So what are you guys' thoughts? How do we feel about the movie being turned into a musical? I think that the movie was great on its own and to have it be revived in a musical so much later afterwards, I think it's very cool. Also, Tim Burton's art is just amazing. So seeing it on a Broadway stage, my favorite form of entertainment, is really cool. Uh, I actually went to Broadway to see Beetlejuice on stage and it was really good. And honestly, I think they reflected Tim Burton's style really well on stage. Like, for example, there are no straight lines. They're always at a diagonal or curve. And that's just Tim Burton's work, in my opinion. Really an oddball. Definitely. I really like that he also created such classic monsters and characters from the movie. And then they then put those in the musical. For example, the... Um, sand snake just kind of to make them so similar and to bring those characters back it really it really made it feel original my favorite monsters the cocktail grabbing their face and to see that on stage is really cool to me i feel like the art is what really makes this musical unique it sort of sets it apart from any other musical you'll see nowadays on Broadway because it has all this like unique and different styling. It's not straight lines and very defined features. It's very sort of whimsical and just sort of unique, similar to how Tim Burton's movies are. I love the word that you used, unique, and I really feel like that kind of embodies all of Tim Burton's work because there's just something about it that there's either a character or a theme in it that is just unlike any other form of entertainment, like Lydia is just so out of place in that world. And I think that it's so important to have characters like that because it just really changes the entire movie. Lydia was very much similar character-wise to the film and the Broadway musical. I think the most similar because they're pretty different in the movie and the musical. So just to remind everyone of this, Lydia is 15 in the movie, and throughout the movie, Beetlejuice talks about how he wants to marry her. What do we think about that? I think that is very creepy, and I think that it is kind of, you know, just thrown out there. Like, it's not a big deal, but it definitely is. And I think it just adds to the fact that Beetlejuice is supposed to be gross and disgusting and just overall just not someone that you want to spend time with. And I think that adds to that, definitely. For Lydia being 15, I think people need to just not be super butthurt. Like, it's supposed to be that way. He's meant to be creepy. It's part of the story. 
and they're not getting married because he loves her or anything. It's just because he wants to break the curse. Although that does build off of Beetlejuice's like creepy and weird aesthetic, I think that's just really weird even for him. It's just, I feel like that fact is looked over way too much for the fact that she is like 15 and he is probably over a couple hundred years old. So that's just really weird for me. So here's a question for you guys, a question that I thought of a couple days ago. Would theater kids like to see A Nightmare Before Christmas on Broadway? Would that, I think, I think that would personally be amazing. A hundred percent should be a show. I'm surprised it's not one already, especially because it came out so long ago. I completely agree. I think that taking something from claymation and making it lifelike, I think that not only did Tim Burton do that in the movie, but I think also moving that onto a live live actors with a live audience, it just really can make the audience feel the characters' emotions even more because it's real people that have real emotions. Animation to stage doesn't happen often, but you know, being claymation especially, since it's such a unique form of art and animation, it'd be crazy to see what they would do on stage. Yeah, and it kind of makes me wonder what they would do with the props in the set and if they would make it look like it was actually claymation. Yeah, thinking about the technical elements, imagine that big moon as like the background for a stage. It could just be absolutely gorgeous. I think that since Tim Burton's art style is so unique and considering how well Beetlejuice did, I feel like The Nightmare Before Christmas would have an immediate like home on Broadway. It's so unique and it's so special that I feel like it would just draw in a broad audience and just imagining the technical elements in the set, like uh, Abby said about the moon and then like the rolling mountains and stuff and all the characters, it would just be amazing. I definitely agree. And I think also casting wise, there's obviously a huge ensemble. So that could be very, you know, diverse with different audiences. And also there's just such classic main characters too. And I feel like actors will be really excited about playing those roles. Honestly, the entire ensemble, the characters are completely different from each other. And that's how they are an ensemble because they're so different. That's what makes them come together. I also think that the songs in the movie are already so theater applicable. They're so, they have so much growth in them. They have so much storytelling and just the songs in general are very catchy and they have conversation and they have dialogue. It's just very Broadway-like already. I would say overall, as a person who enjoys like the art style and the music of Tim Burton and Tim Burton's movies, I think Tim Burton should have a bigger place on Broadway because it's just so different and it would bring like a new life to the Broadway and musical scene. And maybe you could even adapt some of his things just to plays. I mean, you could just imagine how amazing that would be seeing all these different movies that he's made just brought into the theater world and the live action and stuff like that. I also think that there's kind of a emptiness when it comes to scary theater. 
obviously there is some, but I think it's really interesting to bring that element of life and that element of entertainment to Broadway because there's really not that many horror shows or those kinds of things that creep you out. And I think that Tim Burton is definitely one of the best people to represent spooky entertainment. So what are our final thoughts on this? How do we feel like Beetlejuice could possibly lead the way to something like A Nightmare Before Christmas or other Tim Burton's plays or musicals being on Broadway? The fact that it got uh, Beetlejuice the musical got nominated for eight Tony Awards, I think definitely should put some confidence in people who want to make those types of musicals. Yeah, I mean, aside from the fact that it absolutely blew up it's also just it's become a staple even though it's very new and it's very modern it's become such a classic broadway show yeah and honestly the popularity and the outroar from the audience is just kind of insane because even though i'm a theater kid i have never really seen an actual show before besides like the seventh grade field trip and all that so that was my first actual show and i went there because Every day I was hearing about how great it was. All right, everyone, we are now going to move on to our next segment, which is debate. Today, Parker and Nataya will be debating. Their sides were signed off of a coin flip, so they have to argue for that side, whether it is their opinion or not. And their topic for today is Is theater a sport? Now, both Parker and Natalia will have one minute to come up with an opening statement. Then Parker will read his opening statement. After that, Natalia will read her statement and then rebuttal claims that were made in Parker's opening. After some free debate time, I'll pause the debate and give them one more minute to write a closing statement with any final points or claims. Once the final statements have been read, our tech crew will vote on who won the debate. But if it comes to a tie, I will cast a deciding vote. Theater is a sport because of the competition all around the world between Broadway shows, high school competitions and awards, and like the Tonys. Isn't that obvious? Now, Natalia, are you ready to read your opening statement and rebuttal claims made in Parker's? Yes. You may go ahead. So, theater is not a sport because theater is an imitation of how a human speaks and behaves. Now it involves some things that are sports such as dance and some physical activity, but it is not a literal sport. And just because there are awards and competition for it doesn't make it a sport. Competition is the essence of sports. I don't understand how you can't see that. In our high school, our high school, our district, Fairfax, Maryland, we have something called the Cappies. That's an award show. That is competition at the max. People come in. There are like teams of critics that come in to say they like the show or not. I don't see how that's not sport-like. Well, by that logic, a spelling bee would be a sport because it's a competition between two people or more. 
but they're just using their voices. It's not an actual sport. Not all sports are based off points. I mean, you can look at the Harry Potter series, you know, literally grab a golden thing and you win. It's stupid. Anyway, theater is at essence about acting and art, but it's been made into more than that. Like Broadway and places in England are fighting over who has the best theaters in the world. We constantly compete on who has the better musical theater stage. And I think that should be known as competition. That's a sport. I think a lot of people think that's a sport. Competition is a common attribute between many games, sports, and just everyday things. Something does not become a sport just because it has a shared attribute with a sport. Theater takes skill. Theater is physical activity. If you've ever seen any musical or any play, you can be wheezing after a dance number. Sports are competition, physical activity, and skill. And those all apply to theater, especially musical theater. I hear what you're saying, but also theater is an art. It is a subjective art in which each artist makes their own artwork. And often it's unique to other artwork. Um, some forms of theater, yes, there's physical activity. Some, there's none, absolutely zero. So I would get what you're saying if all forms of theater had physical activity, or at least to a decent amount. I mean, just walking around and acting, there's some people who just don't even move and they act or perform with their voices. So I really cannot see theater as a whole as a sport. Maybe if it was musical theater, but if we're talking about the whole of theater, no. In sports, there are tryouts, much like auditions in theater. You want to find the people who will push you the farthest, who will get you the most ticket sales or get you the most wins in any sports team or theater. That is why theater is a sport. There are auditions for theater, but sports are not the only things that have auditions. Again, that's just another common trait. I mean, you audition or interview for a job, it's very similar. I, again, that's just another common attribute. Okay, that is it for our free and open debate time. Now I will give you one more minute to work on a closing statement that you will present. And after the closing statement, we'll hand it over to our tech people to cast their vote. One minute starting now. All right, time is now up, and I'm going to pass it over to Nataya so she can give her final statement. Nataya? Theater is not a sport. It has some common traits between itself and sports, but honestly, theater is an art, and some forms of theater may be considered uh, a sport, but other forms of theater have a sport within themselves and then there are some forms of theater which simply are not a sport at all in any way and do not include sports 
So if we're talking about theater as a whole, it is not a sport. Thank you, Nataya. And now Parker, are you ready to give your final statement? Yes, I am. Go ahead. Theater is a sport because you have to try out to get in. You need to have some amount of skill to be able to do your parts or acting well, also singing. It pays. So does a lot of sports. I mean, have you seen those NFL guys? They get a lot of money. And my final point, it's hard. It's physical activity. And that's one of the essence of sports. All right. Now that both of the final statements are done, we are going to go to our tech crew to see how they voted. First off, we're going to start with Tim. Hey, I'm Tim. I'm the creative editor. And personally, I'm of the opinion that theater is a sport. And while my opinion did go back and forth a little bit, in the end, I feel like Parker's claim was a lot stronger and he sounded more sure of his point. Not to mention that overall during the debate, he had more points that made more sense to me. So yeah, I think theater is a sport. Thank you, Tim. Now we're going to move on to Ethan. Hi, I'm Ethan. I'm the technical director. I believe Natalia won the debate because I feel her points were strong. And I also agree that uh, theater also has some aspects that are not physical and cannot the entire theater topic cannot be described as a sport. Thank you, Ethan. And now, last but not least, we're going to pass it on to Chloe. Hi, I'm Chloe. I'm the producer. And I believe that overall, Parker had the stronger points and, in my opinion, won this debate. While I went back and forth many times and near the end was actually on the side of Nataya, I believe overall that theater is a sport as Parker's final claim was very strong and he seemed so sure of himself. And the skill component of theater definitely persuaded me to feel that it is a sport. Well, there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. Theater, as to us, is a sport. That was a great debate, but now we're moving into our last segment, which is ranking. This week, Abby will be making the list. Abby and I have not seen the topic or the things she's rating, so this is all done live. The topic this week is candy, and the candies in question are Reese's, Skittles, M&M's, candy corn, Snickers, and Kit Kats. So, Abby, are you ready to get started? I am ready. So, out of these, I would say that... Coming in last, number six, would probably have to be, I feel like it's Snickers. And I know a lot of people like Snickers, but here's the thing. I like dark chocolate. I think that dark chocolate is amazing. So good. And just like those milk chocolate candies like Twix's, like Snickers, like, I don't know. They're okay. They're not the best. Also, I don't like peanuts in my desserts. I don't think they mix. I don't think they work. So, um, yeah, that's going in the last one. I'd say number five would probably have to be Kit Kat. Again, out of these. I think Kit Kat's 
tastes like gasoline. And I just don't, I don't have any other words for it. I, I just think it's gasoline and you, you can't change my mind. They're just not good. Coming in at number four, I am going to say candy corn. I think candy corn is definitely okay. You know, it's valid, but it's not, it's, it's kind of just average. And what I look for in a candy is that it has multiple flavors. Like every bite is kind of different. You're not going to get the same thing every time. And when it comes to candy corn, there's really no variation. And while, you know, candy corn can taste good, if it's just the same thing all the time, you know, you're going to get bored. You can't, you can't eat it for a long time. Okay, coming in at number three, and this is going to be controversial, but I'm going to say Reese's. And the reasoning for that is because they're good, but for some reason, again, same thing with the I look for multiple flavors. I'm not one for sweet and savory. I, I don't know. And I feel like the the same thing with Snickers and peanuts. I just feel like peanut butter shouldn't really be in candies and I my whole family loves Reese's so I'm not biased in that sense but I just I don't see it okay coming in at number two I'm going to say M&M's M&M's are really good I like M&M's a lot especially the mini ones they're just really fun to eat and also even if you can't taste like there's no flavors it's really fun to have like different colors um kind of like skittles in that way which i will get to next but i feel like m&ms you know they're just classic and also there's so many variants of m&ms you know that you have the peanut m&ms for those who disagree with you no know, peanuts and desserts and you have the you know caramel m&ms you got so many variants and i just think that anyone can find one that they like and they're just really good overall i like them the new and brownie butter uh, batter ones are the best. Well, except second best. I never had those, but they sound good. They're really good, actually. And finally, coming in at number one, we have Skittles. I love Skittles so much, and I think it's interesting that we only have one sour candy on this list because sour candy is my favorite. I love sour candy. And I think that, you know, Skittles, fruity candies are just, you can't beat them. They have so much flavor. They're packed in there. Same thing with Starburst. It's just so fun to eat. And they all have different flavors. So you have so much variant. You can, you know, you can get like the green and yellow to have like kind of like a green apple lime I don't know which one green is but and then with the lemon it, it you know it just goes well and everybody can find a flavor that they like and they come pre-packaged so me with my germaphobiness I can have my little packet and it's all good skittles are just top notch I would always pick them over any of these and yeah okay I'm gonna say this first off skittles aren't even the best fruit candy to begin with Second off, when you have packs of stuff like that with multiple different flavors of stuff, notice how people can have flavors they like, but everyone has one or two Skittles kinds they don't like. You don't see that with other candies. People don't have those other candies where it's like, I like this kind, but I hate that kind. It's, you don't see that. I do not think Skittles should be at the top of this list. I respect Skittles. They're a good candy. It should not be at the top of this list. I definitely see what you're saying with the whole other fruit candies are better, but from this list, Skittles are the best because they're the only fruit candy. 
in my opinion. And fruit candy is just so much better because chocolate is, in my book, a whole different thing from like classic candy. I don't know. Chocolate is like its own thing. Sadly, this is all the time we have for today. I want to thank each and every one of our viewers. Thank you so much for tuning in and make sure you come back next week for more of a Theater Kids Guide to the Galaxy. Please follow us on Instagram at Theater Kids Guide to the Galaxy for more content. And feel free to check out the awesome podcast on our Amplified Network. Thanks again for listening and I hope you have a wonderful day. This podcast is produced in association with our Amplified Podcast Network. We hope you enjoy.